The scripture text today, chapter 1, verse 18, and I'm reading from the King James Version. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory, his inheritance in the saints. So when we think about what God has for us, sometimes it's difficult to see what it is that, that God wants to do. Sometimes, and it's, it's, you know, I, the title of my message is <laughs> Unscrambling an Egg. How many of you ever scrambled eggs? How many ever unscrambled them? Well, today, we have an opportunity <laughs> to do the impossible. We have an opportunity to unscramble an egg. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, you want to do the unscrambling? <laughs> so, so we have, uh, we have uh, and I have learned the, the, how to do this, okay? I have learned how to do this. You see, number one, you have an egg. And this is not a hard-boiled egg like some people are. This is a, this is a regular egg. And we know that what we do, you know, in our lives... I think sometimes we're just hard-boiled. <laughs> you know, we know what we know, and we think what we think, and it is what it is. If you don't like it, don't shake my tree. You know, so one lady used to tell us that. If you don't like my apples, don't shake my tree. You know? So sometimes people are just a little hard-boiled. And do you know that if you... <laughs> and I read this. I didn't do it, so I don't have actual knowledge of it. But if you put an egg in front of a, an amplifier at like a, a concert or whatever, that by the end of the concert, the egg will be solidified <laughs> by the sound waves. Now, Jose, that is, a, that is one... That is something you take to the Yes. Yeah. And so how do, we, how, do we get our, how do we get our eggs unscrambled? You know, we got them hardened, but this, that's, that's, for another, that's for another day. So here we are. And we have an egg, presto, there it is. It's right in, the, right in there. Now, of course, we're, it's not complete unless it's scrambled. So here we have, does anybody have a hot plate? <laughs> we can have some eggs. <laughs> it's in the car, all right. Toast, you know, eggs and toast, a little cheese, make an omelet. So here we got, a, we got an egg. So the, the thing that is missing, that will put this back together, and I saw this on TV, we need a BAM! <laughs> BAM! Isn't that the chef, how he does that? BAM! You throw this in, and BAM! You throw that in, and we got it. So today, we are going to do a BAM, and here we have an egg. <laughs> it's back in its shell. Isn't this an egg in its shell? But it's not the same egg, huh? So I know what we forgot to do. We forgot to include the shell. So here we go. We're going to put the shell in there, and we're going to break it up, and we're going to scramble it together, and that's what we need to create an unscrambled egg. Right? <laughs> you don't think so? No BAM's going to do it? So, oh, Fork fell in there. Don't want the fork to get all over egg. So we have an uns. How do we unscramble eggs? 
is the, is the topic of today. How do we unscramble eggs? Well, the, the challenge is the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. As we look at this verse, it, it challenges us. It says, The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Sometimes we don't get it. <laughs> Sometimes we don't understand what is the hope of our calling. Our calling is not to be like other people, people who are lost, people that don't go to church, people that don't serve God. So the hope of our calling is that there's something very unique about what God has given to us, what God has given to you. Last week we spoke on... Da, 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 da. Everybody got it? What is it? What's that? Not, not what it was about. Yeah, exceptionally ordinary. And so what we were looking for was the exceptional in the ordinary. And we talked about Nehemiah and how that Nehemiah was able to, who was just seemingly an ordinary person, but had exceptional qualities in his life that God was able to use him to rebuild Jerusalem. Well, in our lives, there are exceptional ordinary. There are things that we are that we consider ordinary because they're ours, but they are exceptional in their origin because God is the one who placed them there. Well, what we have here is the eyes of our understanding. How we see things and how we understand them is often like trying to unscramble eggs. You know, like we said about the earplugs, you know? We have earplugs in our ear, and here you have the pastor and the scriptures and people saying that you are God's creation. You have the abilities. You have this exceptional qualities about your life, and you got these earplugs going, I'm no good, I'm no good, I'm no good, baby, I'm no good. <laughs> you're no good, you're no good, you're no good, baby, you're no good. What are you, you going to do when you hear that? You're going to turn the channel. <laughs> because that was a song. <laughs> and I know you couldn't tell by the way I tried to put it together. But that used to be a song. It was on the radio. And if you listen to some oldie channels or whatever, you might hear that again. And so those are the earbuds that we have in our ears and our mind. <laughs> do you tell yourself things like that? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, we self-talk. You know? You know, I, I like uh, some people say, well, I'm self-taught. And some people have been self-taught very well. But the challenge is whenever we have self-talk that doesn't measure up to what God says we are and what God has in mind for us. You see, we, we're, God wants to unscramble the eggs. <laughs> God wants to unscramble the eggs in your head. God wants to unscramble the ideas that you had about yourself that didn't come from God and didn't come from you. They came from your surroundings. They came from somebody else's experiences or even somebody else's comments about your life. And we can't allow someone else to dictate where we're going to go with our life because when life is over, we're going to stand before God and give account of our lives. And it isn't that God is going to put us on this hot seat of judgment and every time we were supposed to do something, we get an electric shock, you know, and, and you know, you should have, you should have. No. 
God is going to bestow upon us his gifts. He wants to bestow upon us the blessings that he has in store for us, his children, and that we can learn to use them. You know, it would be a terrible thing to have a brand new car sitting in your driveway and you drive a junker that breaks down every time you go out on the street and you say, well, I can't drive that one because... Well, God is telling us that we have a clearer understanding of things. We have a different understanding of life. We have a different perspective about what's happening in our world. We have a different perspective about what's going on inside of us. You see, that new perspective is what God is initiating with his word. And his word is there to help us understand and see life from a different perspective. We believe that God is omnipotent. We believe that God is all-powerful. We believe that God can do anything except unscramble an egg. <laughs> right? Well, Jesus was called on the carpet, so to speak. Uh, he said to the lame man, your sins be forgiven. And the Pharisees, and they got all upset. What do you mean, forgiven his sins? He said, well, what's, what's is easier? Just tell the man, rise and walk, or your sins are forgiven. Which is easier? <laughs> Which is easier? Is it easier to take five flat pancakes and two sardines and break them into 12 baskets and feed 5,000 men plus women and children? Is it, is it easier to do that, or is it easier to unscramble an egg? <laughs> if God unscrambled the egg, what good would it do? And you see, the good in our life, God is doing all the time. Every good and perfect thing comes from God. What happens to us is we're always looking for the perfect. Well, that's just, that's not perfect. That's not quite the way it is. Uh, there was somebody at our house and I had finished vacuuming my lawn with my lawn whatever lawn vacuum and blower and all that stuff and I said I got all the leaves I went through and I got all the leaves in my yard and he goes well there's two more right there <laughs> he's no good no good no good <laughs> you got that yeah I got that you play it play it for everybody in case you didn't know Take the earbuds out. <laughs> you see, we hear that over and over and over, and, and it's, it's a lie. You need to shut that, you need to change the radio station. Okay, but, but we're like that. You're no good. Why? Because we're looking at some fault. We're looking at some failure. We're looking at something that doesn't quite measure up. God knew all of those things. He knows all of those things. And he doesn't hold it against us. He does not hold our imperfections against us. But you see, God is looking for us to look at the good. What is the good? What good do you have in your life? Okay, what good is there in your life? Well, whenever I was a counselor, and I heard a person use this illustration, it reminded me, whenever I counseled a lot, sometimes when people were really on this, you know, nothing in my life is good, so we draw a line on the page, put the things that are good and the things that are no good on their life and, and what they're going to happen. Well, this story, I did it that way, and, you know, we're 
I'm more of a, I was more of a, well, let's work through this systematically, okay? And so what are the good things? And I go through this whole thing like that. Well, I heard another guy do it, and he did it this way. He, draw, he drew a line down the paper and put the top cross and bad things, good things. And the guy said, nothing's good in my life. And he says, the pa- pastor, what a counselor says, well, I'm sorry to hear about the death of your wife. He goes, my wife didn't die. She's at home. She's a really good lady. She's the, oh, good, okay. Your wife is alive and good, okay. Uh, I was sorry to hear about your house burning down. My house didn't burn down. Where did you hear that? I got a really nice house on such and such a street. Oh, you got a nice house. <laughs> Put that on the good side. I'm sorry to hear about your accident in which your car was destroyed. I didn't have an accident. <laughs> What's he doing? He's pointing out, and you see, if these things were taken out of our lives, would we miss them? Would we recognize the value of the good? You see, if Jesus came here and bam, slapped that egg, and it came out whole, what good would it do? Would we see the good in what he would do? Well, what if God tells you and recognizes that you are saved from your sins, forgiven? By the blood of the Lamb, we confess our sins. He forgives us and live within our hearts. That's what he says. That's good. <laughs> That's a good that you have. Well, what about the family? What about the, the church? What about the, we see, God is about to do a new thing in our lives. This is going to be the best fall ever in our, in our church. This is going to be the best fall of our life, not fall down, fall season of our life. He's going to do good things in us. Amen. <laughs> yeah, if I only believed it. When, when cats fly and eggs are unscrambled, that's what will happen. Well, dog, cats can fly, but they fall down quickly. Uh, but anyhow, so to the eyes of our understanding need to be opened. We need to see, understand what God can do, what God can do in and through us, what he is doing. <laughs> what he is doing. What he is doing in and through us now. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 in the King James Version says, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. (laughs) This is why we have a hard time. It's with the eyes of our understanding. (laughs) See, the eyes of our understanding, that's, that's how we take things in. We don't, we, we, you know, we don't see the good in what's going on. We don't see the benefit of the little things. We don't see the benefit of bad things. <laughs> we don't see how things can work together for good. We take them at face value and <laughs> we misinterpret them. And we, and later on, did you ever have something that looked bad and later on turned out to be good? And I'm not talking about your husband or your wife. Did you? <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> because they are the most perfectly suited person for you. You see, if God gave you someone else as your husband or wife, they'd be a burden to you. But they're a gift to someone else. <laughs> 
So in our lives, we have to see the good that's going on. We have to be thankful for being thankful for. You know, I was in the, on the internet um, that the, the, the two words that help to keep husband and wife together through thick and thin, the two words are, anybody know? It's, I'm sorry. What else? Yes, dear. Yeah. yeah. Anybody? The two words are thank you. <laughs> what simple words. Thank you. You know, and whenever we're looking at our relationship with God, what does the Bible say? In all things give thanks. <laughs> what a coincidence that a grateful heart to God would end up being a grateful heart to people. If we can't see the hand of God moving in our lives and appreciate how God is moving in our lives, it's hard for us to see how good other people are to us and be thankful. You see, God is, this, this change, you see, we got scrambled eggs. <laughs> and we're trying to look for the perfect. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my perception is off. Why? Because I've scrambled a lot of stuff here, you know, with the experiences of my life, with the wrong concepts of my life, with the problems of my life, with the anticipations, and, you know, you know it's not my fault, it's my mother's fault, it's my dad's fault, it's my brother's fault, it's, you know, it's society. It's, you know, we can't blame other people. You know, other people may initiate things, but we're the ones who come up with the conclusions. What if God initiates something in our life? What if God is the initiator of the problem, such as with Job? <laughs> when, you know, his, all of his children were gone, his house, his lands, and the only thing he had left was a wife in grief. <laughs> and that's why his wife said, why don't you curse God and die? It wasn't that she was a bad person, but she had just lost 12 kids. <laughs> she's she's, she's got to find an answer somewhere, and God did it. And it isn't that God did it. Circumstances did it through evil. But Job, through all this stuff and through all the things that happened, he gets to the end of the test, and he said, I don't understand this, but I thank God. He, he, see, he knew that what had taken place was not the character of the God that he served. And evil came to try and scramble his, his understanding of the character of God. Evil came to try and scramble the, his understanding of the character of God and leave him sitting hopelessly on ashes. But God came and God restored Job and restored his family, gave him double back, and, and you know, I, I forget, did he have 10 or 12 kids? Ten, I, I just, whatever went out of my mind. Anyhow, he had 10 or 12 more. He didn't raise the other 10 from the dead, he gave him 10 more because those 10 were still living in heaven, so he had double the children he had before. So God blessed him and gave him double for what he had. And what he was doing, God was doing, was setting forth that the character of God is not one that is destructive. 
is not one that destroys us, but to build us up. And whenever things are scrambled, it's okay. God can unscramble the eggs. <laughs> the other thing I think of in this is, what about drug addicts? What about alcoholics? alcoholism? What about the addictions, the addictive behaviors? What about the behaviors that come from abuse and hurt and pain and separation and all those types of things? What about all those pains? God is going to unscramble the eggs. <laughs> God is able to touch the heart and the mind of individuals and give them a clear thought and a clear thinking and a clear understanding of life because the Spirit of God and the power of God and the Word of God are capable of making things unscrambled, putting them back in place the way they were intended to be. For we now see through a glass darkly. You see, this is why we have a hard time with the eyes of our understanding. We're looking through a clouded, distorted lens, that the lens of the ordinary, the lens of the everyday, the lens that this is just the same as before, just a different day. Well, we are taught, we have learned that, you know, there are just certain things that just don't change. The apple don't fall far from the tree. <laughs> That's our little cliche. The apple don't fall far from the tree, though they're just like their parents. Well, you know what? That's good and it's bad. Because if we've got, if we're godly individuals, it's a good thing. If they are ungodly people, it's a bad thing. But you know what? God is capable of changing the rotten apple. God is capable of restoring that which has been lost. You see, we look at things and every good and perfect thing is a gift from God and we look for the perfect and we need to see the good. We need to see the good because if we can see the good, we're going to really understand what is perfect. If we can see what is good in our life, we're going to be more appreciative. You know, everything give thanks. We are setting up a principle in which, God, I don't understand this, and I don't understand that, and I don't understand people, and I don't understand why bad things, but I trust you. And I thank you, God, that you are in charge, and that no one on this planet is capable of taking people out of the will of God. No one. No spirit, no person is able to stop the will of God. Because God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And he has set in motion our life. And he has brought us to the kingdom of God for such a time as this. We are exactly who we are at this moment and who we need to be. And that God is at work in our life to change us and to take us from glory to glory. That this glory where we live... I'll let you pause for a moment. This glory that where we live, pastor's been drinking too much communion wine. <laughs> this glory in which we live, my life's not glorious. This glory in which we live, you see, we don't see the glory. The eyes of our understanding are looking through a dark glass, a distorted lens. And we've got to get 20-20 vision back in which we see the good. And how do we see the good? Because we're thankful for the good. Thank you, God, for the good things in my life. 
Thank you, God, for the lens through which I can see. Thank you, God, that you give us clear understanding. (laughs) You see, God has the final say. He can unscramble the eggs, but why would he do it? Because what good would it do? See, what good would it do for God to answer your prayers if you can't see the prayers he's already answered? If we can't be thankful for what God has already done, more of the same is not going to make it any better. See, that's the illusion that we live by. We want God to give us more of what we got because then we'll be happier. And if we're not happy with what we got, more isn't going to change anything. (laughs) So being happy, being thankful is that God is at work in my life and I don't understand all the things and why, but I know one thing, at the end of life, when it's all over, I'll see the pattern that God has established and it'll be okay. So we have to trust him, not only for today, but for tomorrow and for eternity. So 1 Corinthians 13, 12 in the Message Bible. We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in the fog, peering through the mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright and we'll see it all then, see it all as clear as God sees us. Knowing him directly as he knows us. You see, if we start at the end of that verse, it says knowing him directly as he knows us. Knowing him as he knows us. That we would know God as he knows us. See, that's why we read the Bible and why we come to church and why, you see, you can't, you can't, you'll be, you are blessed. We are blessed because we come here, because we've taken time. We're declaring to God and to the world that we have faith and we desire to be together. We desire to share that faith and we desire to grow in faith. And God is saying, yes, here's another blessing. Yes, here's another blessing for your life. Yes, here are people who will pray for you. Here are people who will stand by you. Here are individuals that are just like you. Scrambled. (laughs) Here are people who are just like you. That we don't have it all together, but we have a God who does. You see, these are the things we got to see him and know him more clearly. Know him directly as he knows us. God knows us inside and out. What will it take for us to know him inside and out? By knowing his word. By knowing what his word says to us. In the beginning was the word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld him as the glory of the only begotten of the Father. Wow. (laughs) Creator of the universe stood with us, John says, stood with us. We held him. He held us. What a glorious thing that was. What a glorious thing that was. John was exiled to the Isle of Patmos, the death island, to die. While he's on the death island waiting to die, he's waiting for a greater revelation of Jesus Christ. Boom. (laughs) Bam. (laughs) There it is. There's the revelation. The book of Revelation was written in a place where it was supposed to take the life of John. And he didn't, his life wasn't taken. He had a greater revelation of Jesus that we read about. 
And this is what's going on in our life. There is a greater revelation. There's a greater understanding. There's a greater movement. There's more to God than what we have. There is, there is this, God, help me take off my glasses. Now I'm really blind. <laughs> but help me take off the glasses that fog my understanding. Help me take off the glasses that cause me to be blinded to the good things in my life to the opportunities and the blessings that you have brought to me. And if I can be thankful for those things that are in my life, I will then be able to see the good that God wants to do in my life. You see, if God unscrambled the egg right here and put it all back together before our eyes, bam, (laughs) what good would it do? How you know we were in church today and God unscrambled an egg before our eyes. And people would say, you're nuts. <laughs> what kind of a church is that that unscrambles eggs? You have eggs on Sunday morning at your church? Wow, I'm going to come and have some eggs and toast. They feed you at church. Yeah, well, I'm coming to your church. I want to get food. I get eggs and toast and bacon. <laughs> no, God unscrambled an egg. Well, what good is that? Did you eat it? Ephesians 1, 18 and 19 in the Message Bible. But I do more than thank God. I do more than thank God. I ask the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. I not only thank God for you, I pray that God will help you become more intelligent and more discerning in knowing him personally. (laughs) I just love that. That I could be discerning in knowing God personally. And it's more than just a personal forgiveness. It's a personal relationship. For God is with me every moment of every day. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he is calling you to do. God has a call for each of our lives. Not everybody's going to agree with it. Not everybody sees it the way we do. But that's okay. We're going to say things correctly. We're going to do the right thing for the right reasons. We're going to make every effort not to put people down in other people's lives. That's, my, that's a hard thing I have. Because I don't want people to get hurt. So, well, you know, you need to do this. You need to watch out for this. Well, you don't want to say that, but yet you want to know, want people to know that you got to watch. There aren't, I don't know, everybody's not what they say they are. But I need to live to what I say that I am and let the rest t- be taken up by God. But you can, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is that he's calling you to do. What is it that God is calling you to do? Unscramble eggs? <laughs> what is it that God is calling you to do? He's calling you to be thankful. With a, great, with a grateful heart. <laughs> Be thankful. With a great, live with a grateful heart to God and to the people around you. Grasp the, inten- immense, grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life that he has for his followers. Grasp, get a hold of, hold on to the, the greatness of, the, the tremendous blessing that God has given to you in this life. Oh, 
the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. God has done an extravagant work in you. Be thankful for you. Be thankful for your talents, your gifts, your looks, <laughs> your abilities. Be thankful. The extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy and boundless strength. <laughs> well, I think of, I think of Abraham. <laughs> I think of um, Joshua taking on the, the taking in the going in to conquer the promised land. He was, he, when he went in at 80, he was as strong as he was when he went at 40. You know, he was willing to take the land. And Abraham, you know, he lived all those years and, 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 and he believed God for the promise. You know, unscramble an egg. Here's a guy 100 years old is going to have a kid. <laughs> here's a guy whose name was Abram. And he went down to the post office to change his name to Abraham. <laughs> you know, father of many nations. He hasn't had a kid and he's too old to have a kid. And you talk about unscrambling eggs. <laughs> so in our life, let us be thankful. Recognize that God will help us to see things more clearly. It's not a matter putting down, that's not God. The earbuds that say, you're not good, you're not throw them out. <laughs> Change the record. Put in the word of God. Allow the word of God to speak to your heart to make things more clearly that God is doing an extravagant work. God is doing an extravagant work in me. Everybody say me. God is doing an extravagant work in Let's stand. <laughs> Father, we thank you that you are doing an extravagant work. God, you have you have touched us by your word and your spirit. Continue to work in us and our hearts and our minds. And God, the things that we have all scrambled, Lord, just sort through them, straighten them out, put them together that we might see you more clearly, understand your gifts more correctly, and God, that we can use your word and your power and your strength to serve you better. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.